Welcome to Folk and Beyond with Air Stephen for a journey into contemporary folk music from all over the planet. John Jorgensen here with some gypsy jazz, the hot club sound, and you're listening to Folk and Beyond on 91.1 FM, WTJU Charlottesville, sound choice for Central Virginia. This is Air Steven with WTJU, and in the studio today we are welcoming a visit from from the person who has taken the torch of the Hot Club of France and lit it strong and high. John Jurgensen, it's such a great pleasure to have you sitting here. Thanks so much, Eric. Glad to be here in Charlottesville. Uh, you've come through town now a couple times. Yep. And it's really a pleasure. You know, I have to admit that the first time I saw you and, and was uh, treated to your music, you know, I felt like, you know, Eric, I thought you were a guy that paid attention, but but I didn't know who you were. And and I know that since then, you know, I, I see your name all over the place and, and have become much a fan of your music. When did you get the call, the calling, 
uh, of this type of music? Play this style. Well, it's interestingly enough. I mean, I grew up in a in a household with classical music. Um, I played the clarinet and the piano when I was young. Studied classical music, and then uh, started playing the guitar when I was ten or eleven. And I first played rock music and kind of rock and jazz up until my twenties. And uh, a friend of mine, you know, mentioned me in the music of Django Reinhardt, and this was about 1979 or so. And I heard, I heard some of the early recordings from the 30s of, of Django Reinhardt and the Quintet of the Hot Club of France, and the sound of that guitar just, it just drove me crazy. It was fantastic. I'd never heard any an acoustic guitar do that before. And uh, so really, I've been. You know, I was bitten by the bug for gypsy jazz back in 1979, and I've been playing and studying and working on this music ever since then. And I never thought that it could be really my main thing of my career because I've I've done all kinds of other things. I've been a studio musician. Uh, I was in a group called the Desert Rose Band, which was quite successful mm-hmm. in country radio back in the late 80s. I had a guitar band called the Helicasters. I worked for Elton John, touring with him for oh, six really? years. Um, so I've done a lot of other stuff career-wise, but this has always been the music that was closest to my heart, really, and, and I always played it for my own enjoyment. So you're kind of clandestine in your apartment, uh, working on these chops and ne- not necessarily playing it out in the public. A little that. bit, you know, but there was not that many venues and there wasn't a high interest. I mean, I had friends, a few friends in various places in the country that were also into it. But I really think that the, the rise of the Internet... Uh, it, it, it brought so many people together that they didn't. No one realized that there was other people out there that liked this music so much. And of course, in in Europe, this kind of music has been had a high tradition for a long time. <laughs> yeah, it's the barnyard uh, sounds here. Chickens there. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> that uh, folks is John's telephone telephone <laughs> ring. Sorry about that. <laughs> Very interesting. Uh, I don't know what that means, but we won't go there. <laughs> saying in Europe this this music has had a a strong following for you know since the 30s really and there's festivals and and a lot of places to play in America it's only been recently in the last four or five years but now we have probably six or seven Django Reinhardt festivals a year in America Um, the interest is growing a lot there's internet chat rooms about it and uh, instructional tapes and DVDs and you know, some artists from Europe are touring over here, like Borelli Legren, who's a great player in this style. So I'm just really thrilled to be able to be making this kind of music and, and having it be really the thrust of my career at the moment.
So how far have you taken this uh, passion is in, in the sense of, is your guitar one of Django Reinhardt's old guitars? Is it the same type of guitar or, or anything like that? I do have a guitar that reportedly had belonged to Django. <laughs> um, and, and it is the type of guitar that he played. It's a very distinctive kind of guitar built in France between 1932 and 1952. Um, it's unlike a Martin flat top. It's unlike a Gibson arch top. It's, it's unlike any other type of guitar. It's not a very deep body. Um, the, the body is, 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 is normal, normal depth. Not that much different okay. than a Martin or something, but the whole construction and physics behind it is completely different. Uh, has a longer scale in the neck. Uh -huh. uh, it's a very small sound hole. The top is not flat and it's not carved like an arch top. It's pressed to braces that are arched. So it's always under a little bit of tension, like a trampoline. So it's a very quick responding instrument. And it has a, a very penetrating and uh, cutting sound, but it's a, also can be very expressive. And it's not uh, nylon strings, it's all metal strings. It's steel strings, but they're, uh, the core is steel, but the, the winding is copper, which is silver plated. So the copper is a very soft metal and the strings sound somewhat in between a steel string and a nylon string. So they're unique unto themselves. To use uh, the pickups, are you using a pickup on the guitar, on the, the face of the guitar, uh, the thin line, or is it just mic'd? And how did Django do it? Uh, well, <laughs> Django just played on a microphone. Uh -huh. You know, it was early days at sure. uh, that time. He did put a magnetic pickup on his guitar towards the end of his career, uh, but the classic sound is just acoustic. Uh, what I do is I have a small contact mic, uh, dynamic contact mic that does sit on the face of the guitar. And then I have another small, like a lavalier microphone that sits in between the bridge and the tailpiece. And I mix those two sounds together. And it's a very, very nice acoustic sound. You seem to be attracting 
musicians that come from other other uh, disciplines of music, such as the time you came to the prism. All of a sudden, there's Brian Sutton sitting on your on your uh, well, it would be your right side, the audience's left side. And uh, of course, I'd seen Brian Sutton play with Bela Fleck in the bluegrass uh, sessions when he replaced Tony Rice there some. And and you know, here here he was he was basically in awe of the whole show in a certain way because Brian usually is the lead player. And and he chopped the whole night basically. Yeah, he was playing rhythm well. <laughs> the the interesting thing in this style of music is uh, there really is a, a very definite distinction between the lead player and the rhythm player. And although they use similar guitars, the, the rhythm player's guitar has to be set up a little bit different. Uh, they're going for a different tone, uh, a different mindset because the, the in this style of music, the rhythm guitar is probably the most important thing for the ensemble. It keeps the time, uh, it creates the feel and the mood. And so it's not like uh, the rhythm player is the, the lesser lead player. It's a whole other discipline. And it's, I mean, there's a lot of guys, especially in Europe, that their whole specialty is to be a rhythm player for this style. And uh, it's funny because Brian told me after he did like a four or five dates with us at that in that run, and he said that it was physically the most demanding gigs really? that he'd ever done. Yeah. No rest for the wicked over there. You just was no. always working. Just going, 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 going. And your fiddle player that you tour with is awesome. Oh, he's great, isn't he? Stephen Dudash is yeah. his name. And uh, I found him in Nashville. He was... Uh, I met him through my bass player, Charlie Chadwick. He'd been to Charlie's studio to do an album. And I was kind of moaning to Charlie about not being able to find a violinist in Nashville. I guess I should that, correct that because he told me today it was a five-string viola. It's a five-string viola. So yeah. I don't mean to say fiddled there. That's all right. <laughs> um, but it was hard to find somebody that could improvise, you know, but had the elegance of a classical musician and it didn't sound like a fiddler, a bluegrass fiddler playing swing. You know, it, it's it was an odd combination of things and he's a trained classical musician but he's also been in bands his whole life too so he can improvise and he has the elegance that's that's necessary for this music
you got Charlie Chadwick on bass, and you found him in Nashville. You live in Nashville now. Yep, yep. I grew up uh, in Southern California, born in Wisconsin, but raised in Southern California for most of my life. And the last four or five years, I've been living in Nashville. How do you find that from Southern California? Um, it's different. Uh, Southern California is a, has a lot more ethnic diversity, and uh, everybody's mixed up a lot more as far as Asians and Middle Eastern and, and black and white and a lot of it's a whole lot of Mexican and, and uh, Latin, you know, Spanish speaking people mm -hmm. in Southern California. So that's what I grew up and you know, I was used to. Um, Nashville's a little bit secluded in that way. Also, you know, I lived in Los Angeles is such a huge city. And even though Nashville's the, the, like the capital of Tennessee, it's still pretty small. Um, but there's a lot of great musicians there. And, and of course, the songwriters there's the best songwriters in the world um i've learned a lot about the seasons living there yeah um uh, and a lot about the country in general um i think eventually i'd probably like to move back to california but that's where I'm, my long-term friends and my family still are You worked in a movie called Head Head in the Clouds. Mm -hmm. Head in the Clouds in uh, had a couple women in there that were pretty easy on the eyes. There, wasn't it Penelope Cruz and Charlie Theron? Charlie Theron, yeah, pretty easy on the eyes. Yeah, and good. and you know, I'm looking at your CD, Franco American Swing. And there's this guy here with uh, dark hair and kind of a pencil mustache in a certain way. That uh, did, you were playing Django Reinhardt in that film. Uh, yeah, I got to play my favorite guitarist, Django Reinhardt. Uh, what'd you do with your finger? Um, they, <laughs> they, uh, well, Django had his fingers, but they were paralyzed. These two, uh, his ring finger and his little finger were paralyzed and pulled back um, because the tendons were burned so bad. Um, so he only had full use of his index and middle finger to play fretting, you know, single note. He could set these a little bit on the fingerboards in certain positions. Uh, but what they did is they put a lot of makeup on my hand to draw it up and make it look burned and scarred on the back of my wrist. How interesting. And then I put, uh, had them put spirit gum in these fingers to hold them like that. did everything with two fingers as, as so you learned player. to actually play like Django did for that run well yeah I mean when I when I first was talking to the director uh, you know I wanted to let him know that I was the guy for the job but I didn't want to scare him that I was like a psycho <laughs> had a no other life you know and I only studied Django and knew what kind of socks he wore on whatever day and you know so he was he was I said look I don't look anything like Django but you know I'd be glad to cut my hair dye it you know grow the mustache whatever you want Thank you. 
How long did you have that look? Well, uh, the mustache went pretty quickly because my wife hated it. I bet your wife was shocked. She was really shocked when I came (laughs) home. Yeah. She's she's like, get away from me, you know. A a new man in town. She did not like it. Um, But it took a while for my hair to kind of grow back and morph back into this color. But um, when I I told him, I said, look, I'll, I'll do anything, you know. And he said, well, we'll have to get the prosthetics department to make something special for your hand. I said, oh, yeah, that would be cool. And he says, no, I was just kidding. How could you play? And I said, well, I learned how to play that stuff with two fingers already. <laughs> so, so either that impressed him or scared him or both. So, but he said, okay, I think you're the, the right guy. Well, John, it's been such a pleasure having a conversation with you and having you stop in here at WTJU. And, and I just want to thank you so much for taking the time uh, to give us this. My pleasure. Thank you. John Jorgensen.
Folk and Beyond with Air Stephen for a journey into contemporary folk music from all over the planet.